0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyber Chicks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal-setting. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever.
1: Jax and I have been talking a lot about how to get started at an organization. You're listening to this later on, but uh, just yesterday, Jax did an awesome episode on Outpost Gray. October 20th, on how to land your first cybersecurity job. And I think this is an excellent segue. Jax and I were talking about, all right, well, what happens next? Like, congratulations, you've landed your first job. Now what? What do you need to do to get prepared for this first job? Whether it's your first job in cyber, whether it's a pivot into a different niche in cyber, or whether it's just a different organization and you've been in cyber. Regardless, there's common themes And tips and tricks to help you kind of support you through this process of onboarding, because onboarding can be very daunting, it can be very scary, not only are you entering a new role, new expectations, people you don't likely know already, and getting your bearings right figuring out how to be successful and how to prove your value. So you've preached your value through your interview process. You totally crushed the interview. You secured the job. So congratulations. But now let's talk about what you need to do to start feeling valuable and to start making your mark and that impact on the organization. So I'm actually going to pass the mic over to Jax. And I want to hear, Jax, you've job pivoted more recently than I have. So I think I'd love to hear your perspective on what it felt like being a newcomer, so to speak, and then kind of talk about what's happened even more recently.
2: Yeah, I love this topic. Really happy to be digging into it because I know we've had some questions from our mentees on this because you don't think about like what happens after you get the job. It's all about getting the job. And you're right. I did a career pivot. It was definitely, it was tough on a lot of different fronts because a lot of people listening to this may be surprised, but I had my own challenges with getting a job. I had job offers. There were, I had, there were terrible job, like offers letters below what, you know, I knew I was supposed to get paid for. There were terrible interviews that I went through and then I landed the job. And I was like, woo, I did a pivot from CTI to GRC, found a great culture of this organization to work for. And so I'm like, yeah. So everybody's thinking, yeah, I get the job. But once you get in there, it is overwhelming. I don't care how long you've been in the field. It is going to be overwhelming for you. There's going to be a learning curve. It doesn't matter if you stay in GRC and you move to another organization in GRC, there's still going to be a learning curve. It's just the field, this particular field, there's so much just diversity within roles and positions. They're so different. So when I got in, the very first thing that I did coming in because I was a manager is I wanted to meet all of the managers, all of the individuals that were at like equal and one step above me. And so I met, I set up meetings with, I think it was about five or six different managers. And I met with the program manager that was running this particular contract. And I set up one-on-ones and that was primarily because you're not in person, you're virtual. They need to get to know you and they need to understand what skill sets you're bringing to the table because they weren't part of your interview. No, none of them were. So I had these meetings to really ask more questions than talk and really get to know them. And then, cause they can look at my resume and they'll, you know, and then I express to them, you know, who I am, my strengths, and depending on where they fall within that structure, if they were going to, if I was going to have a direct report to them, I may share with them too what my personal and professional goals are at that organization. But really those first few meetings are just a, get to know them. You're just building those relationships because I think people forget when you get into an org especially virtual and you know this being working in person, you need to have those relationships. Like you need to develop those relationships to be able to have that internal mobility within the org. And then the next thing that I did was I just engulfed myself into understanding the organizational like structure, the mission, the vision, like how it's laid out. How are they broken down as far as like functional areas of work, different work streams? So that's what I did. And you mentioned something about, I can't remember how you worded it, but something I would tell the listeners is just give yourself time when you get in it. I have noticed for myself in my learning style, it takes me about mm, three to four months to start feeling like I have some knowledge of my job where I can actually start leading meetings very confidently. So I always tell people, it takes time to learn something new. And I don't know, like from your experience, Erica, even though you may have not done a pivot, you have moved internally through your organization very quickly from where you were to where you are now, a senior director. And that itself has its own like challenges and pivots and learning curves. If you can share like from your experience, because that's another thing you have to think about. You're in the org, you're getting promoted. Like, what do you do next? And how do you approach that, those challenges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think you brought up some really good points that I think can be well-married together. So the networking component of, of things, right? So like who's who in the zoo, who is part of your organization, understanding the structure, understand the key players, understand how everybody works and comes together. And I think that that can also be taken into the lens of getting promoted or doing internal pivots. You're kind of bowling into that same pattern that will allow you to achieve success rather quickly if you are proactive. So setting up those meetings, figuring out who your internal stakeholders are. So like, let's just say you just got promoted. Congrats. Now you want to figure out what are your peers doing? And from your peers perspective, what have been their biggest challenges thus far? And kind of like unpacking in doing it in a way that So I love that you brought up like bringing forth your skill set so that they understand how you shine. I also want to understand how they shine so that we can garner those qualities and we can better partner to take things to the next level. So if I'm stepping into a new role, I need to understand what success looks like. I need to understand what have been top three challenges and what have been the most impactful things that they've seen, let's say, in the past six months, a year looking forward for the next year what do you think is our biggest risk right now? Right. Top three risks, right? Like it's hard for people to just give you one, but if you always ask people for the top three, you're doing a lot of information gathering. And that exercise pays off tenfold because you are seeking to understand you're seeking to collaborate and you're seeking to make an impact together. And you can come together as a team to do these initiatives because at the end of the day, in an organization, you are just part of a team. You are not on your own island, you're not on your own silo. So, you can't just sometimes it's nice to be heads down and just crank out work, but when you're you're either figuring out that lay of the land, you really need to be casting a wide net and you need to be understanding how everything works, and you need to understand how you can best plug in and what impact you can bring to the table because we all have unique diverse skill sets and we all shine in different ways. And so while my forte may be helping people optimize processes and bringing in innovation, Jax, Jax is a great coach for emotional intelligence and being able to polish your speaking, your email proofing, you know, like there's a lot of beauty in being able to pull out those like qualities of each individual and seeing, hey, how do we divide and conquer? And so I think that that meaningful connection that that you make throughout the organization will pay off tenfold, not only from the impact perspective, but also because you now have all of these allies throughout the organization that are going to help you And you're going to help them. It's kind of a give and take type of relationship because there are going to be times where they're going to want to lean on your skill sets. and You're going to also need to lean on theirs. And so I think that's something really important to know is that who's who in the zoo, making those connections. And it may seem scary or daunting to reach out. And I want to emphasize that. How do you do that? If you're brand new to a role or an organization and you found out XYZ individuals that I need to reach out to, reach out to them. Let them know, hey, I am X person. This is my new department or my current role. I'd love to to talk to you for 30 minutes. If you have availability in the next two weeks, I'm happy to look at calendars and coordinate something that works for us. The objectives for the meetings, I really want to Learn more about you. Learn more. I want to share my skill sets and my experience thus far with you. Want to understand a little bit about your perspective, of the organization, figure out how we can best partner, and would love any advice, tips, or tricks that you may have for me. Right, short and sweet, but there's a call to action, a clear agenda, and you'll really find that people are quick to be eager to help and give you that 30 minutes of time. You know, if you're if you're going out and you're you're putting yourself out there like people will say yes and give you the time and you will start to build those connections and once you do it once it becomes a lot easier and it becomes more organic and before you know it you have this like web connection of new friends at your job and it makes life a lot easier and not to mention it makes work a lot more enjoyable
2: yep 100 percent. you nailed on so many good points i want to highlight something you said because I was sharing the story with you before we went live was about reaching out. It can be a little scary to reach out to somebody that maybe is not of like equal position as you, but you want to connect with maybe that senior manager or that director and maybe you're a senior associate or a manager depending on how your how your organization lays out different positions and it all depends. But so we have like for example senior managers now cuz and we'll talk about this. We just got acquired by Guidehouse. And we have like senior managers, associate directors, like directors. And then like, I think there's one other position and then it's like partner. And I was sharing with you, as soon as the acquisition happened, like as soon as I got my new laptop and I sat down and I got an email saying, this is where you align. This is the partner you fall under. I was like, oh, well, I'm no longer under this person. I'm under this person. I've met this person at a like one of our bowling events. We actually had a talk. I just sent him a Teams message and I said, Hey, it looks like I'm going to be falling under you. I'd love to do a one-on-one, learn more about your leadership style and share a little bit about my professional goals. And why that's so important to do is because a few reasons. Like I know that he's going to be above me. And if I don't communicate, and this is so critical to understand when you get into an organization, if you do not communicate with those individuals that are, you know, two or three steps above your direct line of supervision. They cannot support you to be able to reach those personal and professional goals that you want to seek because sometimes that person that's just one manager above you, like I'm a manager, I have a senior manager, they're usually overwhelmed and overworked. And sometimes they aren't the best advocate for you to be able to push you ahead and support you. They will support you. Hopefully, you have somebody that's supportive but it's that person that's two or three like individuals above. And so that's why it's so important. Be brave, reach out. And Erica said, you know, most people will be willing to give you that 30 minutes. If they aren't, you're probably in the wrong spot. in personal opinion. Like your culture probably is not very good. If that person isn't willing to meet with you, I don't know that person, but I know I've experienced it and it's a cruddy feeling. And every time I've experienced it, it's been because it's been a a not so good of a culture. So that's, I would just be like really open and considerate of that. And then just to like flip that a little bit, also be willing when somebody reaches out to you to give 30 minutes. I think it goes both ways.
1: forward, yes. Yes, forward. Jackson, I think to your point, like let's highlight like that you shouldn't let that discourage you. You will come across executives that, really may not have the time in the next week or two, like that may be the reality. And so if you get a no, you know, leave a call to action maybe of, hey, well, if you do have time, you know, in the next few months, I would love to still sit down and talk to you. I will, I know that your schedule is busy. I am absolutely happy to make it work for whatever flexibility you may have. So please keep me in mind and they'll get back to you. I mean, that's happened to me where, you know, I haven't been able to get a hold of somebody that I've wanted to network with, right? In my organization because they're traveling everywhere every week and our calendars can never sync up, but hey, if I talk to you in, you know, in one quarter's time, guess what? We're still going to have a very similar discussion around what's important now. What are the wins for the business? What does success look like? And getting their perspective on the organization and you sharing theirs. I mean, it's so insightful and it's so valuable. So bottom line, guys, don't get discouraged. If you're hearing this and you're like, well, I've already reached out to people and I'm getting no's. Well, keep trying. Try other people and reach out. Like once you've made a good connect at your company that you're comfortable with, ask that individual. Hey, I'm just curious, Jax, Who would you recommend that I connect with? Do you have some individuals around this organization that like you encourage me to connect with that may be good to help me get up to speed or maybe good connections because they're experts in this area or this area and I have projects coming up in that area, right? So once you've made that like core group, you're able to expand. And I mean, then you get momentum and then it's exciting and then you're learning from all angles, So I think that's a really important thing to just also keep in mind is like, don't let the discouragement get to you because you're on a mission, right? You have clear objectives that you've laid out. You're figuring out the lay of the land, figuring out your organization, how things are structured, figuring out what maybe potential politics look like at your organization and what the titles. I think the thing that you brought up is so key. Titles are not the same from one org to the other. It doesn't matter if you do exactly the same thing. Titles are titles, right? So figuring out what that career progression looks like, the networking, making those meaningful connections, but also then the other part that I love talking about and I think is super important is Jax and I are both very highly motivated individuals. So as soon as we start a role, whatever that may be, we're immediately like, how do we make an impact? Like, how do I make myself feel valuable? we're being paid to do this job. We want to make sure that people feel good about the work that we're doing. We want to make ourselves feel like we're, we're driving the needle, right? Like we're moving progress to further the business's objectives. So what does success look like? And so Jax, I'm going to ask you, what do you do? What's your strategy for figuring out? Like, what are the expectations of the organization for you? What does success look like?
2: Yeah, and and this is not a clear cut answer because it's different with every org. And I will tell you personally, I've had my own frustrations when I got into this position and working. And it was primarily because of the client set because it was it's just a unique client set in consulting. You get every client is different, and I've definitely had and you know this, Eric. I've definitely had my frustrations, and I've reached out to my senior manager, and we've had heart to hearts where just like you said. I wanted to feel like I was an asset. And there were times where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm even doing my manager role. So, my best advice that I gave myself that I'm going to give the listeners is, and then going back to, I already said it before, but give yourself time. When you get into a new position, you will like, if you have that mentality of like, I want to be an asset, I want to like, I want to make an impact in this organization. Well, you need time. You need time to know how the organization is laid out. You need to understand your client. Each client is going to have a different priority. You may be doing, like for example, tier two assessments or an alpha 123 assessment or like a CSF. And these are all the ones that I've kind of started getting into. Each client is different. And it takes time as you get into each client and work with your team members to understand. And that's the other thing. Understand your team dynamics and for me i am a patient person however i didn't realize it was going to take me more than 3 months because this was a like very challenging client and i started getting really like imposter syndrome got really hard on myself being like man maybe i made the wrong career move and pivot and you know, it's been I started in March, and I can tell you now I am a hundred percent more confident. I don't by any means think I am like a sME, but I know now, I can tell you right now, Erica, I am making an impact, and I can see it because of the products that I've given out, because of how well my team is working together. But if you're in your organization and you've come in as like an entry level or you've come in as a manager and you're just feeling like, man, I'm really not like making that impact yet. I don't feel it yet. Well, I would give you a couple of recommendations. I would say reach out to your leadership and talk to them, ask them, have candid, like a conversation with them and just say, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I did to my senior manager. Like, this is how I feel and have them validate those feelings, have them give you constructive criticism and feedback to be able to get better, to like hit those targets, to be an asset if you're not already hitting them. Because sometimes we just need to be validated of like, nope, you're doing well. This is just the nature of the work. So for me, it's all about having those conversations with my leadership, setting my goals, making sure that I'm like proceeding forward. And now I know, yeah, now I can see it. I can see it because we're doing products, but it takes time. It does. It, and I know people are listening or like, If that's like the worst answer to sometimes give is like, it just takes time, but time and meeting with your leadership, meet with your leadership, either the one that's like right above you or the next one that's like leading the contract, whatever field you're in and like, talk to them about it. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Like you're a senior director, so you definitely, your impact is a lot broader than mine in a lot of ways because you oversee a lot of different contracts.
1: So to me, I think the best conversation that you can have is what are your expectations in my role and are there timelines and milestones that I'm gonna be measured against? Yes. Well, I'm a documentation gal. Like I like to have things in writing. I'm hyper organized. I wanna see goals on paper. I wanna see things that I'm tracking towards. So for me, if I know what's expected of me, 90 day mark, then I know what to go seek and find out. So if I don't know, if I have a 90 day plan that my boss has helped me put together, then I know here are the things that I need to show mastery of. And then I can refine goals and I can find proof points that will allow me to show that I have achieved those things. And it helps to kind of keep me in track. And it gives me that gut check, you know, that helps to not only does it help to fight off imposter syndrome because like you have measurable things to, to say, okay, yeah, I'm doing this. It's in this keeps you on track. But then again, like you're able to take that goal setting to another level because you're like, all right, if I'm progressing by here in 90 days, here are those micro goals that I need to do. Like I need to get enough cycles and these types of assessments to get here by 90 days. And how do I do that? I might have to ask my manager, or whoever is staffing these engagements to make sure that I do that. And similarly for your people, if you're a leader hearing this and you're like, wow, how can I make the biggest impact for a new hire on my team? Like the best thing that you can do for them is to be extremely crystal clear on expectations. What do we want to see from you and what does success look like at certain milestones? And by the year stage, you know, what do you expect from me? Like, What kind of output, you know, how many projects concurrently is it? And you may get an it depends answer, but that's okay. At least you're asking. And I think a big part of this too, is you're showing your initiative. You're showing how invested you are in being successful in this role as well. And I think that there's a lot to say for individuals like that, that aren't just running with the status quo that aren't just, I'm showing up for my work and that's good enough. No, that's not good enough. You really want to be a go getter, if you want to shine in an organization, if you want to move up the ladder, if you want to be known as a SME, if you want to be a rock star, like you got to put forth that extra effort to figure out what it means to exceed expectations in your role. And then, you know, you mentioned it, Jax, is like looking forward to the next role, right? How do you align your current skill set to where you want to go next? And once you've, you know, and we can do another episode on that, but like once you're starting to master certain things, how do they bleed over into something next? And it helps you tailor your career path that way because you start to really figure out what do you enjoy from your current role and what could you do less of that would make you maybe a little bit happier. And I think that that kind of introspection, it comes with time, but it also comes with these really meaningful conversations around what success looks like.
2: Yeah. A spot on, on all of these we need to do, we need to write a book on this. So yeah, I think this is awesome, but I think we're going to have to wrap it and we're going to have to do a continuation on this topic. And I would encourage if you're listening to this and you love the conversations that Eric and I are having just one-on-one reach out to us on our LinkedIn's. Let us know any particular topics you want us to address We have guests that we have on the show. We've just wanted to do some more one-on-one discussions because we want to deep dive and share our own personal journey. And this has come from like feedback from our guests. We really appreciate it. We do want to thank everybody who's just been supporting us. If you love this show, we encourage you to please share it and also rate and review us. Hit that five star, please. And also... For our mental health and just kind of doing a reset, Erica and I have collectively agreed to take off for the holidays. So yay, we're going to be taking off a few Woo. weeks in December. Yep. So if there's a little bit of a break and you're like, where are the two cyber chicks? We are recharging, regrouping, and doing exactly what we talk about, which is taking some time for ourselves. But we will come back stronger, as always, for the new year, 2023. And we love you guys. Thanks for everything.
1: See you in the new year.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks podcast with Erica and Jax. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.